Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In the wise words of Marshawn Lynch, we are just here so we don't get fined. Josh Poloha, Seth Wanamaker, back with another edition of the uniquely named Cavs Weekly Podcast on the waiting for on waitingfornextyear.com. Uh, this podcast, like usual, is brought to you by the Evergreen Podcast Network. We are live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Like I said, like I always started it, I it's tough talking Cavs right now. Yeah, it's it's easy to take a step back, and we always have to remember to take a step back. But with the injuries, especially last night, three more guys got hurt. Luckily, Lowry Markinen doesn't seem serious. He's not even on the injury report. Evan Mobley will discuss him. Wait, I'm missing one. Someone else got hurt. I don't know. But I'm Josh Pilau, your host, like usual. Seth Wanamaker with me, like usual, out of a hotel room, which is also nice to see. Like He's in and out of a hotel room, just like the Cavs are in and out of the injury report. Seth, what's going on? Are you, uh, are you just here so you don't get fined, I think? That's correct. A couple deep breaths. Maybe we light some candles. Uh, any kind of relaxation method anyone has out there would be great. Please comment. I need something to get through. Uh, we were talking before this. I literally turned the game off for a couple of minutes last night because it was so frustrating seeing three calves go down. I'm doing good. And as you said, there's like the micro and the macro and the micro just took, <laughs> it's just been getting beat up the past couple of weeks. It's important to remember. I know we're going to talk about the macro because that's what's most important, but man, tough on, on life alert. Um, you know, for the last, uh, next week and a half and yeah, just getting through, man. If, if you didn't find me, I definitely would not be here. This is a day where like I'm coming in, I'm clocking into work, but like, I'm not here, man. I'm thinking about vacation. I'm don't ask me to do anything extra today. I don't have it in me, man. <laughs> it, yeah. It's, uh, I love talking Cavs, but right now it's just tough. Yes. They won last night, but like, it, just when Evan Mobley got hurt, it was not only you can tell it deflated the team, but like the arena just like it was deflating all around. I'm sure on Cavs Twitter is deflating. Not, I mean, Twitter is always deflating, so I guess that's an uh, fact in and of itself. But yeah, just Evan Mobley. In case you guys weren't watching last night, he rolled his ankle pretty bad. He's already been ruled out tomorrow. MR, I guess he got an MRI this afternoon. No results yet. No news. Might I don't know. I don't know how to take that one. No news is usually I don't know. No news could be good news. No news could be bad news. I hope it's just not a high ankle sprain, because if it's a high ankle sprain, he's probably out three to five weeks. Low ankle sprain, maybe he'll be back in like a a week, which would put him back with like two or three games left in the regular season. It's just like in a season full of so much excitement. And the most surprising team in the NBA. It's crazy that injuries have derailed this team as much as they have. Yes, they're still winning. They still have a chance to win, what, 50 games? If, oh, no, no, they don't have a chance to win 50. They're 42 and 33, 
But even even say they go three and four the rest of the way, that's 45 wins. That's 18 more than they were projected to have in Vegas. So it's always like we continue. We need to continue to remember both me and Seth and Chaz fans alike. Just take a step back. I'm not going to say like enjoy this, but like just remember, like I tweeted this out a couple days ago. Going into into the season, the best case scenario was get a spot in the play in, maybe get two games out of it, maybe get some quote unquote playoff experience in the play in, and just like give get your feet wet with the young guys in like a postseason one game series. Now, with seven games left, the worst case scenario is getting the play in. So, like, it's important to always remember that we. Back in that, like five months ago, we would have easily taken a playing spot. Now we're like disappointed that we're in it, but it's just the way the season's gone. It's one of those like, what if thing? Like, the Cavs are literally on pace to get 45 wins. Imagine if they had Darius Garland, Jared, Jared Allen, Lowry Markinen, Ricky Rubio, Evan Mobley. The list goes on and on. Imagine if they were healthy 90% of the season. So it's just one of those things where you have to just take a step back, but it also stinks because. It's a what if situation, and what ifs always stink. Yeah, to your point about the energy, it reminded me exactly of when Rubio went down. And of course, that was at an away game against the Pelicans, I believe. But just the team, like the way the team reacted to Rubio's injury, it, it just kind of gutted them. And um, unfortunately, they ended up losing that game against the Pelicans. But the same same type of thing, like it's it's got to be shell shocking, I think, for these guys, especially last night when you see three guys go down. Mobley, I think it was Laurie and then Stevens, and luckily Laurie and Stevens were able to come back. I, Lamar was the one I forgot. Yes, it was Stevens. I was I was talking with a buddy from work today. We were like pretty sure Stevens broke his wrist, but he's just like such a tough SOB that he probably just played through it. Like I wouldn't be absolutely shocked if like tonight or tomorrow morning we see like, oh, he <laughs> tore a ligament in his wrist and he's out for the season. But he's just such a bad dude that I, that wouldn't shock me whatsoever. Um, and you nailed it. I mean, it's it's micro and macro. I, I will say the, the one thing that that's been getting to me um, just with Allen and Mobley is you know, the, the great part about where they're at right now is we thought they were going to get a playoff series and like the, the entire benefit of really to, to me, a lot of the benefit this year is getting some of those young guys, some, you know, some playoff time or at least play in time. And man, if, if Allen and or Mobley wouldn't be able to play in that game, you, you know, that, that would definitely be a, a bit of a bummer in terms of getting them that experience. So, but yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Like the fact that the Cavs have a chance to win 44, 45 games is incredible. And I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to like gloss over and just go right away from like, this is a playoff team. I'm sorry. This is a playoff team to, uh, now they're not going to make it, but there is a bit of a treasure trove on the other side. If, you know, bad things happen over the next eight games, Kobe Altman, you know, made a strategic deal in mind for Karis LeVert and decided that, you know, if the Cavs did slip out of the top eight, that that first round pick, you know, doesn't convert to the Pacers and the Cavaliers take it. So uh, I'm definitely not rooting for that. Like I would prefer, I think at this point for the Cavaliers to get that valuable, you know, playoff experience, but you know, Kobe did a great job where if, if things really go to a hell in a handbasket over the next uh, few games, the Cavaliers have a chance to get a middle pick and, you know, there's definitely still some opportunity to improve this roster. So I think there's some upside either way you go. Yeah. And in turn, sorry, I'm doing some back end stuff. For some reason we did not go live on Facebook. No, I hate Facebook sometimes. Well, I hate Facebook a lot of the time. So I'm trying to get 
do some back end work, see why. Um, but back to what you said. And speaking of the pick, so say the Cavs make the play in. And if so, speaking of the plan, because this plan's looking more and more realistic now. The plan is seven versus eight seed and nine versus ten seed. The seven versus eight seed winner is the seven seed. The seven versus eight seed loser plays the winner of the nine versus ten, and then the winner of that game is the eight seed. But the two losers, so the two losers, the two teams that do not make the playoffs would be in the lottery. So you can be in the play and then like Seth said, you can still get a lottery pick, which would be that lottery protected first round pick that the Cavs traded away for Karis LeVert. And we will get into Karis LeVert as well. The uh, disappointment that he has been. Um, But yeah, so the Cavs could, I, the worst case scenario right now is the Cavs make the play in and they are either the seven or eight seed and they lose two games and then, but then if you think about it, they get their first round pick back. So is that really that bad? I mean, I, the fact that that's the worst case scenario, I think is why I'm genuinely happy with, I don't know. It, it Like I said, it's easy to like, I don't know. The what if stink. We all know, especially in sports, what ifs are the worst things about sports. Like what if this would have happened? What would have happened? But just the fact that it's the worst case scenario is playing two play-in games and then keeping your first-round pick isn't that bad in the long grand scheme of things. Yeah, and we didn't even talk about Dean Wade yet. You know, he was officially ruled out for the season. He had a procedure done, um, you know, this past week at Cleveland Clinic. So just looking at the guys that have been out, I mean, Rondo's been out for weeks at this point with his ankle. I saw that he was upgraded to doubtful. Uh, for tomorrow night's game. So I guess that's an improvement. Uh, really no significant update on Jared Allen to date. He's still ruled out. Uh, obviously Moby's been Mobley's been ruled out. So yeah, I think it's you know it's gonna be really interesting over the next few games who gets some run. Uh, you know, I I was I've been talking to to Josh and even the Discord about this. I've been a little bit surprised the past few games that Moses Brown hasn't gotten a little bit more of a look. I understood he just joined the team. He's on a couple of ten day contracts, so they're not going to like feature him. But you know, the the Cavs with with Laurie and Love, you know, playing a, a ton of minutes in the front court, they don't really have that big body. And you could tell instantaneously the other night against uh, Orlando. You know, as soon as I was being the annoying guy in Discord, and as soon as Mobley went out the the uh, magic had i think seven buckets in a row in the paint and at that point it's just like you're screaming for a big body so and i guess josh i'm really expecting to see a, a little bit of a little bit more moses brown here I, I know he's not the rim protector that allen is but until you get somebody back man i i don't think you can suffice you know, you know laurie and love over over the life of the game and expect not to get destroyed in the paint <laughs> not to put it too too harshly there yeah and that and kevin love like he's up for six minutes of the year but if he's not hitting his shots, he doesn't bring. Well, we all know this old man, old grandpa Kevin Love is what the uh, Cavs players call him. He, if he's not hitting his shots, JB he has a short leash. JB gives him a short leash. I mean, there'll be nights when Kevin Love plays like 12, 15 minutes, and it's because if he's not hitting his shots offensively, he doesn't provide anything defensively. You can't have him in the game. I mean, right now, I guess you need to when Evan Mobley is out and Jared Allen's out. And Lowry, we all know Lowry is all he's Lowry's a better defender than Kevin Love, but not much better. And at least he's seven feet. But like saying, and I guess we can get into uh, no, I don't want to talk about Jetty Osman being our first player we we spotlight in this podcast tonight. But it's the reason why Jetty isn't playing right now. 
when Jetty's not hitting his shots, when he's not in his role, he provides negative defense. So it's there's a reason why he's out of the rotation. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, I guess the first player we will get into right now, Darius Garland, the guy that has literally put the team on his back. Um, we had so many questions like after the All-Star break, why is Darius why Darius Garland play in the All-Star game if his back isn't healthy and he missed like three or four games after the All-Star break? Ever since that moment, though, there has been zero questions about his back, or I guess like zero. No, yeah, zero questions. Yeah, I haven't seen him wincing. I mean, I don't not I'm knocking on wood right now, by the way. That's the last thing we need is Darius Garland injury. But like he's been I tweeted out the other day. The last seven games, I think it is, he's averaging 42 minutes a night. He is literally not coming off the court, especially in the second half of games. I mean, uh JB, I guess we can talk about this too. JB has Shorten his rotation. He's basically gone to a playoff rotation to finish out the regular season, which is understandable because the Cavs are essentially in the playoffs right now because they're trying to get the sixth seed and play get out of the play-in. But yet, Darius Garland literally averaging, averaging over 41 minutes a night the past seven, eight games. I love that he's able to do it, but at some point, I guess maybe it will have to be this offseason, the Cavs need help in that area. And Karis LeVert, I guess this is another segue after this because I'll let you talk about Darius. Karis LeVert, he is – I well, I'll let you talk about Darius Garland, then we'll get into uh, Karis LeVert. Yeah, yeah, that's right where my head went, right? As soon as you said he needs some help, it's like, oh, who would they bring in for some help? <laughs> but, yeah, just to hit on Garland because I, I was actually taking a look at him right before we, you know, we started. His last 10 games, 41.2 minutes per night i mean jb knows it's that's all they have right now at this point like they got to play girl in these minutes he, he's averaging you know almost 24 and a half and almost 11 assists over the past 10 games something really impressive so his, his obviously his turnovers have uptick a little bit this year because he's got the ball in his hands so much but with it just his last 10 games he, he's got about a three to one assist to turnover ratio so it, it's been noticeable to me I, I don't know if like i haven't looked at game by game you know exactly but it just looks like he's taking a little bit better care of the ball and, and some of the some of the ways he was getting maybe a little too flashy, like around the all-star break, seems like he's, he's kind of buckled that down. Of course, he's got, you know, he's such a good passer that honestly, some of the guys don't see it sometimes. So some of those turnovers, I don't, <laughs> I don't even put on him per se. Like he found uh, Stevens, I think last night, beautiful, no look, just went right off his hand. So yeah, I mean, he's just been an absolute monster um, really the whole season. But um, you know, one of the things that we've talked about is his efficiency, you know, isn't quite there where it was. And, you know, we think a lot of that's probably the Jared Allen. Like there's really no great screening going on right now on this team. And so last 10 Garland shooting about 39% from the field, 29% from three. So nowhere near his season averages of where he's been at. And I think, you know, the, the quicker they can get Jared Allen back and him screening, um, you know, the way that someone needs to, to kind of protect Garland, the better, but yeah, it's just, it's just been like a, a blessing to watch, to watch him play, man. It's, it's been so much fun. And, uh, that leap is, is so real. The leap is real. Hopefully his back is, I mean, I know when he was out those couple or three, I think it was three games after the All-Star break, Chris Fudor, uh, 
did a report that Darius Garland's won't be right. Darius Garland's back won't be right until the offseason. But I mean, I, I'm not going to win again. There's literally been no talk whatsoever about Darius Garland's back since he's been back. So I, I don't know. You love to see it, but I also don't love to see that he's playing 42 minutes a night, which leads us to Karis LeVert. He is not the player I was expecting him to be um, with the Cavs so far. He's very, I don't know if it's because he's still just not used to this Cavs system or like the chemistry with the players, but he is currently averaging. I brought it up. He's currently averaging 12.4 field goals attempted per game and only 12.3 shots. If you are taking more shots, I guess you can say 12 and 12 technically, but down to the decimal point, if you are taking more shots than you are, then you have points. That is a huge problem. Not only that, but like, so he's averaging 12 points a game, which is uh, the second 12.3 is the second lowest of his career since his second year in 2018, uh, 2017, 2018 with the Brooklyn Nets. It's just like, I was expecting Karis to just come in, be the second ball handler, give Darius a break, not be like, uh, I don't know. He's averaging the Karis Levert's averaging uh, where three point six assists a game. There's sometimes like I know last night he had like a nice move and the crowd went like ooh ah and then he missed a shot. And my immediate thought was that is the exact type of game that Karis Levert brings. At some points he's way up here, at some points he's so far down, and then I mean and I think you brought up his analytics last week on his podcast. He's another player that doesn't provide much defensively. And when Jared Allen and Evan, I mean, now that Evan Mobley's out too, there is no back end help. I mean, you're missing two of the top five defenders in the league right now with Evan or big men in the league defending wise with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. So these lack, this lack of defense by Jetty, Karis Silver, Kevin Love, the list goes on on these cats. There's no like, oh, it's okay. Evan Mobley's in the paint or it's okay. Jared Allen's in the paint. It could get ugly defensively, like really ugly. Um, but with Karis Avert just providing little efficiency offensively, I I don't want to say he's playing himself out of the rotation because I feel like he could be a good solid rotation piece, especially next year. But I don't know. You can't have this like ineffectiveness offensively with a guy that doesn't really do much for you defensively either. Yeah, I, I was like I was in awe when you said the Cavs are missing two of the best defensive players in the league. And it's not you're not like blowing smoke by any means. Evan Mobley is in I think the top ten or top twelve in defensive player of the year and and Jared Allen's one of the best rim protectors in the entire league. So it's just you're you're spot on that this is gonna highlight <laughs> the deficiencies the Cavaliers have on the perimeter in a it's bad get really way. Ugly. It's gonna <laughs> get really ugly. <laughs> in a bad way. So yeah, exactly where where they were getting covered up before. Man, that's not the case. And uh, yeah, we t- I talked a lot about Karis last last week and nothing's really changed. <laughs> that's really, you know, impressed us since then. And you know, the one thing that I was hoping to talk about today too, that I I know we will is it's he's given me, and I don't know if I'm thinking about this the right way. It's just, just the way my mind works. He's given me a, a, appreciation for what Sexton brought. Cause I think a lot of folks thought bringing Karis Levert, he's, 
the same type of player that Colin Sexton is. He can go get you a bucket, put his head down. He can drive. He can shoot. And, man, at, when you watch Karis LeVert this year with the Cavaliers, you don't see – anywhere near the efficiency that Colin Sexton brings, even just like the tenacity. I know Colin's not as lengthy, um, but they're, they're just very different players in terms of what we've noticed this year. Not saying, not taking anything away from what Levert's brought in the past. He's a heck of a score in the NBA. And, and to your point, it's just, you know, is it a fit thing? Is he not comfortable yet? Um, there's not a lot of time to figure it out. So yeah, that, that's just one kind of random thing that's been poking at me is, man, I miss Colin Sexton <laughs> when I see a sweet Levert move and offensively, a, a bad offensively, shot. Offensively, not <laughs> yeah. defensively. Offensively is right. <laughs> so yeah. Of, oh, go on, go on. Yeah. I, I was just going to hit on really quick and not to, not to divert from, from Karis, but just, do you know, did you recognize which player they had passing out the rings to the wall of fame members for the Cleveland Cavaliers? I was just going to bring this up. I feel like Colin, I, I'm going to answer your question and add a little bit, and then I'll go back to you. Colin Sexton passing out the rings. I feel like that's, yes, he clearly loves to be part of this team, even though he hasn't played since. Did he even play early on, or did he get hurt in training camp? He he had, it was it was a handful of games. It was like three. Was it? <laughs> it was very few, very few. Man, that seems like so long ago that I watched Colin Sexton in that Cavs uniform. But the fact that the Cavs organization shows Colin Sexton to be the guy that hands out the reins, it's not something you do for like a guy that's going to be gone in a few months. I know he's only a restricted free agent, but man, I'll let you continue because you're the, you seem to have more. But it, I just don't think it's something that. You have a player think a player that you think might be gone in a few months. I don't think you have him out there for an important. I mean, in in it's important in franchise history, the reign of honor, or the is that is it the reign of honor? I don't know what they call it exactly. Yeah, I I heard him reference the wall of honor, but they provided them rings too. So I don't know if it's one and the same, but. So, yeah, I'll let you continue with this, but the fact that Colin Sexton was the one that handed out the rings seems significant, but I don't want to read too much into it. Yeah, and it's like we've talked about it a little bit over the past couple months. It's been a trend, like seeing Colin come back from Georgia, you know, stop his rehab, come back up to Cleveland. He's been sitting on the bench a lot more. Um, how much they've integrated him just in like videos and workouts, and, you know, you see video of him shooting around. And then again, you know, we got hit on head with it again, with passing out the rings, the actions they've taken. If we've learned anything from not only the Cavs, but other teams in Cleveland this year, it's like, don't pay attention to, you know, to, to what they say, pay attention to what they do. And not that they've said anything misleading about Sexton, but just how much he's involved and they're featuring him on important things. It, 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 I would highly bet that he's going to be a significant member of the team next year and that they're looking to potentially, you know, lock him up up, you know, moving forward. And I'm not a capologist by any means, but if you think about what Karis LeVert brings, you think about what Colin Sexton brings, and you think about the money that both of those guys are probably going to command. I mean, I, I would find it very hard to believe that both of those players are going to be on the team in two years. So it's just interesting to see and think about what Levert's brought to the table so far. It's extremely early and how hard they're kind of pushing Colin Sexton out in public. I think it's just been really interesting. Again, not reading too much into it, but that's all we can do is look at what they've done. And, and man, it seems like Colin's, Colin's around the team quite a bit right now. Yeah. And I know as fans, we try to act like we are the run, we are the ones running out the paychecks, but it's worth noting 
that Dan Gilbert is the second richest owner in American sports. So I don't think he's too worried. I mean, you don't want to go like too, you don't want to overpay for Colin Sexton, but I don't think he's too worried about the millions of dollars that Colin Sexton is going to receive. Unless I, I mean, we could talk about this. I know maybe this weekly podcast will continue in the offseason as well. It'll be interesting to see what he's offered, like what his going rate is. I know I saw a report that him and uh, Dallas Mavericks point guard Jalen Brunson both want 20 plus million a year. I I would maybe do like, I don't know, 20 million is a lot for a a sixth man. I mean, let's be honest, Colin Sexton is going to be a sixth man on this team. Um, I don't know. I just love Colin Sexton, the player. I love the type of I love the type of player he is, and I want him to be super successful just because of the type of player he is. And it seems like he's a great dude too, because it's teammates love him, even though he hasn't played since October. But yeah, I guess we can talk about this uh, once the offseason rolls around. But it'll just be interesting to see that as a restricted free agent, which for those of you unaware, restricted free agent means that the Cavs can match whatever offer Colin Sexton receives from any other team, unrestricted. You can go sign wherever you want. So you can sign with the Cavs, wherever. No one has to match anything. But restricted, the Cavs have an opportunity to match whatever he receives in the offer sheet. It would just be interesting. I don't. I want him back, but I also don't want to overpay for him either. So, but that conversation's for hopefully, let's say, a month from now. I'll uh, hopefully the Austin starts in over a month. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's right. It might be a July thing when, you know, Cavs are in the finals in June and then we'll, we'll get around to it in July. We'll do like a monthly, monthly touch base at that point. But yeah, I mean, they've given the Cavaliers have given fans no indication to think that, you know, they're not seriously looking at calling long, long term. And man, you, you miss them right now. <laughs> I'm, you missed them all season, but with Rubio out with, uh, you know, spotty minutes from Goodwin, um, with Rondo out, like, man, you, you miss Sexton right now so much. With Garland playing 41 minutes a game in his past 10, it's like, oh, boy. we <laughs> They could really use some some Colin Sexton. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things that this is, again, this is for the offseason. The Cavaliers have, have a few of these pieces where they could be sixth men, but they also make a lot of money. I would kind of throw Lowry in that mix with Leverton and Sexton, like some team could pay any of those three guys 20 million roughly. And it, you know, you, you wouldn't be shocked. I don't think 15, 18, 20 million. And the Cavs now have three of those guys where it's like, they're really good. Um, are they good enough to be your starter? Yeah, maybe. Um, a couple of them are maybe one or two. If you have a really good team, maybe none of them are. I don't know. Maybe they're all best suited for a six man. So they, they have some interesting, Kobe has some interesting decisions to make about that tier. Obviously Mobley, Allen and, and Darius are locked in. And then I think, you know, kind of the two and, and the three, they have some serious decisions to make because they've got three guys in my mind that make significant dollars that are all, you know, 
potential guys that you can move, you could hold on to. It's it's going to be a wild off season. Yeah, it will be, and especially now that we know what this Cavs team can be with when they're fully healthy. We all know that they need a, they need a three that's a shooter and can create for himself. I don't know. Hopefully that doesn't come in the draft because that means if it comes in the first round of the draft, that means that the Cavs didn't make the playoffs. Um, free agency, I don't know. Without looking it up, I don't know how much cat space the Cavs have. But, yeah, like you said, this is off-season talk. Um, but, yeah, they have – it's very interesting because now that you know the Cavs are for real, let's be honest, when healthy they're for real, it'll just be interesting to see how what Kobe does – Mike Gansey, Kobe Altman, and then how much money Dan Gilbert allows him to spend or whoever's in charge of the team. Dan Gilbert, whether it's his son or whoever. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. You're right, though. Lowry is like a fringe guy. He, I I like Lowry, though. I would spend – I was looking up his sport rack. He's owed 16.5 next year, 17.3 the year after, and then um, 18 – in 24 25 but only five only six of that is guaranteed so that seems significant i would pay him that just because of what he could provide um shooting wise and just says i don't know i know he needs to be more more of an efficient shooter but i feel like he's also been off of his game just because he's out of position we talked about this last week lowry and back-to-back-to-back games was tasked with guarding joel Embiid. Jokic, and I'm missing one. I there was a third game where it was like it was Embiid, Jokic, and then there was another like, wow, Lowry has to guard this guy too. That's Jared Allen's job. We all know that. So Lowry is out of position defensively, which obviously affects his offensive game. Yeah, that's off season talk. Um, this season though, so injuries stink. We all know that. As especially as Cavs fans, we especially know that the last five months. I guess if you could take a good thing out of injuries is it allows you to see other guys that step up in place of those. It's like that next man up mentality. Two guys that have taken that by the horns this season. Lamar Stevens, one, huge one. Lamar Stevens has, I mean, on a fully healthy team, he's probably like the team's like 12th or 13th man. He is now one of the first guys off the bench. He's earned himself solid minutes. I mean, he doesn't, He's not the most efficient shooter offensively, but he's like that defensive guy that like he's going to bring the energy. I know Isaac Okoro, or Okoro is the same way. Um, but yeah, he's earned himself these minutes, huge minutes. I think he's earned himself a spot on the team next year too, especially for how cheap his cap hit is. And lately, so Lamar Stevens has won. Um, the last few games, though, it's been Dylan Windler. Who saw this one coming? I certainly did not. I'll let you go first with Dylan Windler. <laughs> Dylan Windler. He doesn't want to shoot the ball. That's evident. If you watch a Cavalier game, he is not trying to pull the trigger. But, man, he's playing some defense. He's rebounding the ball well. He's hustling everywhere. And he's he's like – if I think about good Osman and good Windler, like I would just say right now Windler's floor is so much better than Osman's floor. And that's maybe what what JB's looked at and said. I just can't go the roller coaster lows anymore with with Osman. And so I think you know Windler's looked great <laughs> in terms of what they're asking them to do. Like he's he, 
I think folks in the NBA know he's a capable shooter, so he's getting a little bit of respect. At least someone's guarding him out there. He's not shooting it, unfortunately. But I mean, his his defense and his rebounding has been on point. It's been awesome. And we uh, I don't want to make this all about Osmond because Winler's played you know really well, efficiently, really hard, which is great to see. But yeah, it's Osmond's minutes have really cratered um, as of late to the point where, I mean, they're searching for anything right now and, and he's still not getting, not getting touches. So, but yeah, like, like you said, I mean, Windler's been playing fantastically <laughs> and just, it's just really funny to think about what they brought him in to do, which is just be an absolute sniper. And he's really not doing that, but he's playing for other reasons. And he's like an above average rebounder for his position and he's hustling on defense, which now you get a couple guys like him and, and Stevens out there doing that, surround him with love Garland and, and a couple other guys. And, and you have a, a chance to go on a quick eight, 10 0 run. Yeah, I'm looking at his game log right now. So Dylan Windler, we know, we all know his injury history, just like half of the other Cavaliers this season. Um, and let's see, in eight games since March 2nd, so he's played eight games in, in, in the month of March so far, he has taken 10 total shots. Four of those shots came last night. And then the previous three games prior to last night, zero shots, exactly. I don't know if it's a count. I, like, I feel like looking at his uh, stat, because he's also up and down with a uh, Cleveland charge as well. With a Cleveland charge in 11 games, he's averaging 15 points and 10, well, 10 rebounds a night. And also 11 shots a game. Obviously, the G League, much different than the NBA. I would love to know if it's like a confidence thing or if it's just like JB put me out here to grab rebounds and provide energy defensively and to not shoot the ball. It's just one of those things where, like, he when he has the ball in his hands, it's almost like he's playing hot potato and trying not to be the guy that has the ball when the potato goes off. It's pretty hilarious. Like, he, you can just say, like, body language. He's not looking to shoot the ball. But, you know, guys respect him enough where he they're not guarding him like they are some other people on the Cavalier team. So, hey, you know, if he wants to take some charges, play good defense, and, man, he's – the one thing that's – you know, you go back and – super analyzed, you know, guys at the Cavaliers pick, whether it's the first round, the second round, and all the reports coming out on, uh, out for him coming out of college was apparently he's like a scratch golfer, which that's pretty sick, just jealous in general. But the second thing was he, you know, he's a great rebounder. Obviously he's a sniper and that's, that's what they were projecting him to be in the NBA, but he really is a good rebounder. And he's, although he's kind of slight, you know, he, he can bang a little bit and go up and over somebody. He's got, you know, pretty good wingspan too. So yeah, it's, it's been fun to see him come on. I think, you know, that that's exactly what the Cavaliers team needs is like a Joe Harris type shooter. Um, that's not what Winley is. Yeah. Joey Buckets. <laughs> yeah, Buckets. I think he's a free agent. Maybe maybe he wants to come out a discount on the Cavaliers. That'd be nice after the season. I'll we, I'll say here first, if Joe Harris ever comes back to the Cavs, it'll be the first Cavs jersey I own in decades. <laughs> he is by far he's probably my favorite NBA player of all time. Part of it is because I've met him before. When he was with the charge, I met him a couple times. But I just love Joey Buckets for some reason. This was a this was a long, long time ago, but I was stumbling around the flats on a, a given Friday night. And I just see I just see Joe Harris like with a couple of his buddies just rolling down. I think it was like by shooters or something down the flats and no one around, just chilling with his boys. And I'm like, oh yeah, that, that that's a real dude right there. So. <laughs> I know him and uh Dell used to hang out a lot in Tremont. My brother lives in Tremont. I used to see him all the time in Tremont. Yeah, he just like a, the dude. And I like how you use stumbled around. Like that could either be like a drunk stumble or just like walking around the flats casually. 
I like I like that use of words. We'll keep we'll keep everyone you know guessing. I mean, if you know me, you know which one it was. But we'll keep we'll keep the folks guessing there. <laughs> so wow, this conversation went somehow. We talked about Joe Harris. I was not expecting that tonight, but I know you alluded to this earlier. It seems pretty evident that Dylan Windler has taken Jetty's spot in the rotation, at least for now. He's not provided much offensively. We've both said that. Everyone knows that if you look at his stats. But it seems pretty clear that JB is going to play the guys that he knows he'll get 100, 100% effort from, and Dylan Windler is one of those guys. I mean, last night, he was a he, – did he even score? Maybe he had like a free throw or two late in the game. But Dylan Windler was a huge reason why the team – that had a 20-point 20, 20 lead, I think, in the first half before Evan Mobley went down, gave up the lead, and then came back and won. Dylan Windler provided little to no offense, but it was his defense and rebounding. And, I mean, it's the reason why he got that junkyard dog chain, too. The players and the coaches realize it. It's just I – don't, I don't want to hate – this isn't like a hate on Jetty podcast, but, like, there, he's been in a doghouse a lot the last three, four weeks. And I think it's pretty clear that JB's trying to send him a message where he's going to say, I'm going to play the guy that I know is going to give me 100% effort, even if he's not providing any points. And with this, how ugly this team could get, especially defensively, you need defense and you need guys that are going to give you 100% effort without Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. So I will, I hope Dylan Windler gets, becomes more confident and by the way, he plays a much bigger than six six. I feel I don't know if it's his wingspan or what, but I feel like he's like a six eight or six nine guy out there. It's weird, but yeah, I'm. If Dylan Windler can stay healthy and like get confidence back in his shot this offseason, he could be a key guy, like a seventh or not maybe not seventh or eighth, but like a ninth or tenth guy off the bench for this team next year. Yeah, it, you can see like the flashes. So it's like he, I I refuse to count the guy out because his best trait shooting the basketball. So if he can combine this style and effort and energy he's providing, and, and then just you know have the shooting come, it's like that's exactly what this this team needs. And so yeah, I don't, the last thing I'd want to do is give up on a guy who's not making a ton of money right now, and it's probably being a little greedy. But man, a cab sure could use some guys that like don't cost a lot to play good basketball for him. So um, in, in not to beat up on on Osman, but if you just look at the past two years specifically, it's like Osman was in the doghouse for a long stretch last year. He's back in the doghouse again this year. Like I'm not having extremely high hopes for our guy Jetty Osman in terms of you know what what he's going to mean to the team moving forward. It's just you know when when you're when you're in the doghouse for weeks on end, back to back years, you know doesn't doesn't exactly inspire confidence. I think. Osmond's signed up to the team through next year. I think he becomes an unrestricted in 2024, but you know, I, I won't speculate on, on anything. It's just, you know, hopefully he can put some things together, but it's just crazy to me because he was the reason he was literally the reason they were winning some games early on. Like he was so hot where he was providing so much offensively. It's like, who cares what he does defensively? And, and man, it's just the Osmond roller coaster. Like <laughs> before early on the season, I wouldn't have traded him because he, he was playing so above his value, his contract. And now it's, yeah, he can't touch the floor. So, man, it's just, just been a roller coaster feel for him. Hope he can, you know, snap out of it. But it is nice to your point to see Winler, you know, play some good minutes. Yeah. And going back to what you said, two things. Uh, Jetty Osman is owed 7.4 million next year. And then six point seven million in twenty 
2023-24, but that is non-guaranteed. Wait. I think that's non-guaranteed. Yeah, it's non-guaranteed. And then he becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2024. So the Cats could technically release him after next season, and it's non-guaranteed, that contract, uh, that's 6.7 and 23-24. And then also you said, oh, um, yeah, I mean, you're right. The Cats don't have the record they have right now and the amount of wins they have right now if Jetty isn't on the team. I mean, let's be honest. I know I'll give another shout-out to Justin Carter over at um, the second-best Cavs podcast, obviously, at the Chase Town. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Their their podcast is great. They're, there's a reason why they're part of the Cavs organization. Um, but, yeah, they were talking just Jetty changed his game or his role offensively this season to basically a pure three-point spot-up shooter. He's taken a lot more threes and twos this year. But then, like, I don't know if it's the reason that Kevin Love is now has become more of that kind of guy or the Cavs just need less of those guys now that they're dealing with so much off or so many injuries that they can't just have, like, a, a role player that only shoots threes. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think it's mainly because of his defense and his effort on defense. But offensively, like you said, it stinks that Jetty is in the doghouse again. And the Cavs aren't where they are without Jetty this season, but he just needs to change the, his. I don't know if it's his attitude. I don't know if it's this type of style of game, or I don't know. But it seems at this point, Dylan Windler has earned that rotation spot over Jetty, and I mean it's as simple as that. So, I, it's crazy that yes, injuries have obviously been a huge factor of this. But it's crazy that the Cavs are currently the seventh seed and Lamar Stevens and Dylan Windler, you could say, are part of the playoff rotation right now. <laughs> yeah, meaning meaningful minutes. I mean, Stevens in his last 10 games, Stevens is playing, you know, 21 minutes per game. Uh, he's been awesome. Like <laughs> he has been absolutely awesome. Uh, shooting over 50%. He's shooting like the three ball well. He's shooting 50% from three his last 10 games, knocking down a, a good Is spot. Is he really? 50% from the three. He's not shooting a ton of them, but 50% from three his last 10 games. Oh, shit. Yeah. I guess I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. Efficiency's been awesome. Like he's made a few, but like he's that high energy guy where like you live with some of his mistakes. It's almost like being, you know, it's almost like being a pass rusher and he, you know, you, you do a, uh, offsides. Like you live with it because he just does some stuff like between steals, deflections, jumping all over the floor. He's just so much fun and, and gives the guys a lot of energy. So yeah, it's, it's been awesome to see. And his, like, we've talked about this numerous times, but I love his little like drive in, put a shoulder down and does like his little, like, little fade away around like the free throw line. Like I love that move. It's it's really hard to block. If it goes in, man, that's that's a great move. And he doesn't have like a ton to 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 his offense. Obviously he's been shooting the ball really well. Um uh, but yeah, it's just like there's no guy that I feel like happier for than when he plays well. Lamar is just the guy. I mean he's like culturally he's just absolutely one of the guys that I think everyone looks up to. Yeah. And I mean it's he's one of those guys that like um I don't know. I just lost my train of thought. Oh, he's one of those guys that, like, you know he doesn't have the skill of a lot of NBA players. Like, if there's 10 guys on the court, there's chances, there's a good chance that Lamar Stevens will be, like, the bottom three in terms of basketball skill. But you know damn well that he's going to give you 150% effort on both ends of the floor, and he's going to out-tough you, if that's even a word, out-tough you. I think that's a word. 
I think that's an I think that's a phrase. But you like he'll take like you said, he'll take you into the paint, whether it's offensively or defensively, and put a shoulder into you, and you'll know that Lamar Stevens is there. And the Cavs need the Cavs need more of those guys. I mean, Isaac Okoro is obviously one of those two. Jared Allen, I guess, Evan Mobley. But like his effort and his toughness are huge. It's not only huge in terms of the game, but like and you said it's huge for leadership. He might not be the most vocal leader, but he's a show you how, what a leader should do on the court. And he's a, like I said, all out toughness all the time. He's that pull his shoulder into you and let you know that he's there. And, and I, I keep saying, like you said, but it's true. Like you said, again, he's easy to root for and he's easy to be happy with when he's having success. And I think that's one of the feel good stories of the year so far. Yeah, I, he definitely deserves a, you know, as of now, he deserves serious minutes. And even into next year when they get a bunch of bodies back, like I would love for him to be like the 10th guy who just provides pure spark and energy and, you know, all the guys that aren't quite, you know, breaking the, you know, the regular rotation. He, he's just a great role model for those guys, uh, not making a bunch of money, but man, he's, yeah, he's so important. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask you just to change gears off Stevens, unless you had anything else on Stevens. I was going to say one more thing. Even next year, say he's like the 12th guy. Say the team's fully high. I don't see him as a 12th guy, but say he's a 11th or 12th guy. You know that's not going to let – I mean, he'll give it his all in practice then and make the starters better when he goes against starter. He's just that type of player. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a great – I love him having him as a role model for the young guys on the team for sure. Yeah. It, yeah. Extremely well said. And yeah, he's, he's gonna be, he's gonna be busting ass on <laughs> in practice and, and trying to go for spots, which is, which is awesome. That's what you want. Um, this is one random thought that I jotted down before we started. And I don't know how important it is because I don't think we know how the next seven or eight games are going to go. Don't know who's going to be healthy, but one thing that I just feel like we haven't talked about this guy like at all. And some of it's because he's been out. Some of it's because, he hasn't played a lot when he's been healthy in certain games, but Rondo. And so Rondo was upgraded to doubtful. So it sounds like he's getting close in terms of the sprain that he's dealing with. But do you, for this key stretch of games, I mean, the, the next seven, eight games are going to decide play in playoffs, etc. Do you have any expectations for Rondo or do you think, based on how injury riddled he's been, do you think Goodwin gets those minutes at this point? It's just something that came into my head. Like Rondo's been such a non-factor as, as of late, obviously he's been healing up, but I don't, I don't even know if I have a great sense right now who the number two point guard is at, at this moment. Is it Rondo when he comes back or is it, is it Goodwin? Yeah. And I know the, uh, the chase down guys talk about this too. Brandon Goodwin, he's another feel good story this year, but he has struggled immensely playing a larger role with all the injured guys. He's another guy that just like when everything's going good, when everyone's healthy and he's on the court, it's going great, but he has struggled immensely. I know he, I don't but yeah, with your question, it has to be Rondo, but it seems like Rondo has been out for like a freaking, I know it's only been a few weeks, but it seems like so much longer than that. I don't, I honestly don't remember him playing with the Cavs. It's been, it seems like it's been that long. And I think it wasn't just like a toe sprain, which is really weird. How's yeah. a toe sprain keeping you out for like three or four weeks? It seems like. So it, it has to be. I wish it was Karis Levert was like the point PG2 per se. But as we already talked about Karis, that's another story in itself. 
I mean, I guess Rondo's your backup point guard, especially come playoff time if he's healthy. You can't really rely on a guy like Brandon Goodwin. I, I wish you, could, I wish I could say that you could, but I don't think you can in playoffs. It has to be Rondo. I hope that toe. I don't know how a toe sprain keeps you out for this long, but obviously it's a sprain that hurts a lot. I don't. It's one of those like, what is a toe sprain? Does it hurt like when you put it in your shoes, or like does it hurt when you just walk around in everyday life? It's got to be something. I mean, he's literally been out for three weeks plus. Yeah, his, the last game he played was March twelfth. So you know we're holy we're, cow. We're, we're, we're literally going on three weeks. Yeah, and to I mean he doesn't. I I hundred percent agree with you. I, I'm gonna find it weird when he's back out there. Maybe it's because we've been so hyper focused game to game because each one's so critical. But I don't I don't even feel like I remember his like style of play <laughs> because it's been his style so of play is he makes one three. And then gets really overconfident, and the team, leaves, the opposing defense, continues to leave him wide open, and he shoots other threes, and they those don't go in. Sorry, <laughs> sorry I don't mean to hate on Rashawn Rondo, but I hate that part of his game. You, you know, maybe there'll be something to him coming back and him playing with Lavert. Like I, I know Lavert likes to do a lot of pick and roll and, and be an initiator, but maybe maybe Rondo can get Lavert into some good spots. I don't know. Maybe it'll clash. I'm, I'm grasping at straws at this point. I think trying to <laughs> trying to figure out ways they're going to manufacture wins coming down the stretch. But but yeah, that that was just something random I pulled off, and I, I just been thinking about man. I don't. To your point, Goodwin struggling. Rondo, you know, I I don't want to be too negative. However, I, w- I will say if you look at the acquisitions this team has done during the season, I think it's fair to say that both Rondo and Lavert have not been home runs so far. I don't know if you want to grade them like a C, C plus, whatever, but neither move has given the Cavs. Dave, want to know how I'm going to uh, explain this one? They put Please. strikeouts, strikeouts with a pass ball, and they got to first base. Now they're on first base. I like that little little ba- hey, it's guardian season, baby. A little baseball. I like that. <laughs> so it's not a complete failure, but they struck out pass ball and Rondo and Lavert are now standing on first base even though they struck out. When when you think about and it's not a it's not a complete like tit for tat, but if you think about the two players they were likely trying to produce with both of those acquisitions, you went from Ricky Rubio and Colin Sexton to Karis Levert and Rajon Rondo and, and a Rondo who hasn't been playing and a Levert who also has been hurt. So it's just it's just tough. Like you can't guarantee any any health. Do you know but- I don't do you know that meme of like a horse where like it's really nice in the beginning. And it's <laughs> oh, like a so picture, good. and then by the end, it's like the ugliest horse ever. That's like a kindergarten drawing situation. <laughs> it's like Darius Garland, beautiful, great horse, ten out of ten. And then Terra Silver and Rondo are like the hand drawn by a kindergartner horse. It's like my my niece drew the back half of the horse and just absolutely terrorized it, and now it's it looks like something else. It's not a horse anymore. No, you're you're right on, man. It, it's just I, you know, I'm Kobe's made so many great moves. We're gonna have a lot of time to speak about off season and roster building. At, at a certain point, he was pressed to make some of those decisions. Specifically, I think the Rondo one was just a pure get a point guard on the roster. So I'm not gonna kill him, but yeah, if, I think looking back, you look at both of those acquisitions. Rondo didn't cost anything really, but you know, just wish you got a little bit more value. And I'm they could have even been the right guys. We just haven't seen them be as healthy as as we'd like. So just a bit of a bummer looking back. Yeah, looking. I mean. Everyone said that the Cavs probably over overpaid for Levert, 
but he was one of those guys where like he filled the role that the Cavs needed. Well, they thought he would fill the role that the Cavs needed, which was like a um a secondary ball handler would take some of the ease off of Darius Garland. He's not much of a like a knockdown three point shooter, but he's a ball handler, good in pick and rolls, can get to the basket, average defender. But then when you think his his biggest thing that he provides offensively is a pick and roll. The Cavs have basically been without Jared Allen the majority of the time Karis LeVert's been on the court. And Jared Allen's one of the best pick and roll guys in the NBA. So, like, when you take out the pick and roll guy for a ball handler that needs the pick and roll to be successful, I guess. I mean, it's easy to hate on LeVert because he's just been struggling and inefficient. But that's a huge part of the reason why he is probably struggling is because he needs the pick and roll to succeed both as a shooter and as a passer. And the Cavs are without Jared Allen. I mean, Kevin Love is a good pick and roll guy, but 99% of the time he's not going to roll. He's going to go out to the three-point line. We know that. Opponents know that. So I, I, don't, I don't know why I just randomly thought of this now, but I think a huge reason why Karis Overt's struggling is because Jared Allen's out. And and you could argue that he was the most important player to for Karis Overt to have success since they already had that bond from Brooklyn. So you're 100% right. It's kind of like with Darius too. I mean, we, we've really recognized how much value Allen brings and 20 million seems like a steal right now based on not only what he does, um, but what he does for his teammates. And so, yeah, you're 100% right. I think Levert is, is really um, struggled, and a lot of that could have could have been different with Allen. You know, maybe play Allen long when Levert comes in early, give Darius a break early. Ideally, if if that, you know, if your rotations were all healthy and running, I think it would be fun to see. But, yeah, it's it's been a tough go, man. We've we've talked a lot of micro, obviously, with you know with the last half hour or so. But yeah, I won't I won't like try not to be disappointed. Um, I'm not disappointed in the team whatsoever. Like they've been incredible. I'm just disappointed with where they're at versus where they were. You know, a couple weeks ago, they they still had a a 99 chance to make the playoffs. Now I think it's it's down somewhere in like the 60 plus percentile. So it's an incredible year, but I think we're allowed as cast fans to just be a little bummed out based on you know where the past couple weeks have gone. Um, knowing that the macro is still freaking awesome with Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, and Jared Allen. Yeah, and I mean, even like people, I I think we said this that I mean, I can't talk. Um, the Cavs overpaid for Karis Levert, but it was a lottery protected first. Kobe smart enough where if disaster happened, which I mean, I'm not gonna say that this has been disaster, but it's been like a almost a worst case scenario. Is that the Cavs went from like they could possibly get the number one seed, say, like four weeks ago. They were projected by basketball reference to get the number one seed just because how easy their remaining schedule was. That with all these injuries, literally the worst thing that could happen this year is the Cavs make the play-in and lose two games or a game if they're the ninth or tenth seed, which I don't even think that's possible. But even if – so say they make the play-in, they don't make the playoffs. The Cavs keep their first pick. So literally disaster the rest of the way is that the Cavs keep their first-round pick. So, like, you could say the Cavs overpaid for Karras all you want, but I think it was a smart move by Kobe. And then maybe a full offseason with Karras and getting the team fully healthy. Karras maybe could be a key guy off the bench next year. I don't know. I mean, I know we talked about Colin Sexton, too. This team, like, the potential of this team next year is incredible, if you think about it. And they don't they they don't even have to add if they just get their healthy guys back and Colin Sexton signed, they literally don't have to add anyone in free agency. 
They don't even have to get a three guy, which we want. And they would still be a top projected to be a top three seed, I would say. So that's why, I mean, like we both been saying, it's tough. It's easy to be disappointed right now just because of all the what ifs and the injuries. But the future of this team is incredible. And like I said earlier, and like I said earlier, the worst case scenario now was the best case scenario five months ago. Yep. And they're, they are playing meaningful, meaningful basketball, which is huge. You know, Mobley the past couple of weeks has been playing meaningful basketball. JB has been stressing it in his post games. Like he's, he's stressing the importance of these games, the, the Toronto game, you know, even though they lost, unfortunately, that wasn't a very, very important game. The Chicago game was a very, very important game. So if nothing else, if worst case scenario happens, they get beat a couple of times in the play in, you know, they're still playing very meaningful games that are playoff like. I mean that Raptors game, <laughs> that Raptors environment was insane in Toronto. The Caval, you know, the Rocket Mortgage is, is bumping every time. So yeah, if if they're able to bring back, you know, a healthy team. Um I, I don't know why. I keep I keep like swaying towards off season roster building. I guess it's just where my head's at right now. I'm very excited about it. A I'm true like, Browns fan. A true Browns fan. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm like, man, if they get like a good backup center behind Allen and a, you know, maybe Rubio comes back on the cheap if he's healthy enough or a, you know, a decent backup point guard, woo, watch out for this team, man. I can't wait. <laughs> and it, yeah, I, yeah, we do just keep talking about off. That's why this offseason is gonna be so fun. Cause like the expectations will be real. We know how good this team can be and is when healthy. Yeah, it's to be a really fun offseason. I know I feel like a pathetic Cleveland fan for saying that, but it is. It really is. But let's keep offseason talk off the off of it for now. Yeah, I I don't. We you're right. There's it's a sickness as a Cleveland Browns fan. Um, it just that's what we do. Everyone knows that's what we do. It's a way uh, of life. <laughs> so a life. I guess like, like I wanted to I wanted to hit really quick on just the upcoming schedule. Um, just since you know it's right it's right in our face. It's coming up. Cavaliers have a back to back this week, so they're playing a home game against the red hot Dallas Mavericks tomorrow night, and then they play an away game. They have to travel to Atlanta on Thursday night. So Atlanta is is a team who is battling with Brooklyn and Charlotte, you know, for that that play in you know eight seed right now. So. Brooklyn, Charlotte, and Atlanta are all within one game of each other, and they're eight, nine, ten. So, you know, just looking at the last seven games, the Cavaliers have, you know, some tough opponents. They've got Mavericks, the Hawks, the 76ers, Brooklyn, and the Bucks. So five of their seven games are against play-in or playoff teams. They've also got I'm gonna them- interrupt you quick. Hopefully the Bucks went out and that last game is against the Bucks seven through fifteen guys. Continue yeah. We need the G leaguers up for that one. Yeah. And, um, and they're, they're two. I don't even, I don't call any team the way the Cavs are built right now and who they don't have, like no, no game is a guaranteed win. They had to scrap against Orlando. Um, the Cavs also have Orlando and the Knicks are the two of the seven. That I did not previously say, but nothing is guaranteed for this team moving forward. The next seven games, every game, as you said earlier, is going to be a slug fest. It needs to be defensive and nasty. And that's why Lamar Stevens and Dylan Windler are going to go haymakers. <laughs> seven games i think yeah i mean isaac okoro and uh lamar stevens are going to have a handful tomorrow night i'm assuming those will be the two primary guys on luca we all know how good luca Doncic is we all know how bad the Cavs defense is without jared, Al- jared allen and evan mobley on the court so i'd and- say if you're a betting man take the over on luca's points tomorrow night 
In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. And then you get to worry about Trey Young, who I just saw a statistic that I'm pretty sure he's, um, I need to go look it up, but he's just playing out of his mind lately. He's had a couple of 40 plus, 10, 40 Great. point plus, Great. 10 plus assist games. Great. And he's right up there for me. I don't know about you, but he's right up there for me with like Harden one. Trey might be two, man. I hate playing Trey. He seems to kill the Cavs. He just pisses me off, to be honest. He's a flopper. I mean, if Darius Garland, like when Trey Young gets fouled, he goes in the soccer mode and makes sure that the ref knows. I love soccer, by the way, but I hate the flopping. Um, He makes sure the ref knows that he got fouled. And I, like you said, it's so hard to, I would hate to have to watch that on a nightly basis. I mean, James Harden and Trey Young might be two of the best point guards in the NBA, but like having to watch them flap and just shoot free throws. I mean, James Harden is by far the worst. He goes for free throws more than he does for anything else on offense. I wouldn't be able to watch that 82 games plus a year. Um, But yeah, you're right. He flaps all the time. He makes sure if he gets like if you put like a, your pinky on him, he's a make it seem like you just headbutted him. Yeah, he does the he throws his head back, acts like he gets fouled, brutally fouled, and yeah, he's 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 a tough watch. And their team, their team's pretty annoying, um, just in general. Like Bogdan's kind of annoying. Uh, Herder seems to stroke against the Cavs, so that, that's going to be a tough. I mean, every game's tough from here on out, but. Um, Stay in tactical just for a second. One other question. So no mailbags, but I did have a question for you, Josh, and I put this up actually on my Twitter and ran a poll, and it was a lot closer than I thought. So I was interested to hear what your answer to this would be. Um, so this was before Mobley got hurt. So let's just, for sake of this question, let's just assume that Mobley's going to come back in a week and a half and be able to play maybe the last game or two of the regular season. So I put up a question on my Twitter, and I said, would you rather the Cavaliers to hang on to the sixth seed and be without Jared Allen, so to play the the three seed, whomever that's going to be, and Jared Allen is not going to be available for that first round series against whomever it's going to be with the three seed? Or would you rather the Cavaliers to not make the top six and be in the plane at the number seven seed, but have Jared Allen? And again, let's assume Evan Mobley's back. Um, so sixth place without Jared Allen for the first round series or seventh place have to play in the play-in with Jared Allen. Seventh, no doubt. Jared Allen. No doubt. I mean, I feel like if they have the seventh seed and are with Jared Allen and your hope, this is assuming that Evan Mobley's back, correct? Correct. So you yep. both of them. I'll, yeah, I'll take a... Uh, starting five, the usual, the Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Okoro, Lavert, I guess it'd be still. Oh, no, Mar- I'm forgetting about Lowry. Yeah, I'll take the three seven footers, Darius, and then either Okoro and Lavert in the play in. 
yeah, they probably wouldn't beat Brooklyn, although they've beat Brooklyn plenty of times lately when you didn't think that the Cavs would be able to beat Brooklyn. But even if you lose to Brooklyn, you still get another home game against Atlanta. Assuming if the season ended today, it would be Brooklyn, and then you get the winner of Atlanta. And who am I? Why am I missing a team right now? Oh, uh, Charlotte. Oh, Charlotte. Charlotte. I will. Yeah. And I would take a home game against them too. I know the only Cavs team I've attended this year was against Charlotte a few weeks ago, and the Cavs got annihilated. But yeah, give me a healthy Jared Allen. Hopefully, a healthy Evan Mobley. The fact, and by the way, the fact that his MRI was this, this afternoon and nothing has come out yet, I don't know what to think about that. Um, I know just, I think I heard somewhere that he was not in a walking boot today, which in at practice, he didn't practice, but he wasn't in a walking boot. That kind of seems significant. Um, but to answer your question, I will gladly take play in, but have Jared Allen. Yeah, I, I didn't even think it would be close. And I think it, it ended up being 58% would have preferred Jared Allen in the seventh seed in the play in versus 42% wanted the sixth seed without Jared Allen. And man, I, I think just based on what we've seen that since Allen's been out, then the, the defense slipping, there's there's no way in hell you're winning that that six three matchup without Jared Allen at this point. I don't care if Mobley's playing or not. Um, and to have Allen back w- would just be huge. And I don't care. I, the thing about it is like, there's not a big distinction between the one seed and the three seed in the East anyway. So it's like the three seed could be, it, it, you know, just as good, if not better than the one seed. So it's, yeah, I think you're crazy if, if you're picking the six seed without JA. So, um, yeah, hundred percent agree with you. And I was shocked with how close it was. It didn't make a heck of a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know. I, and plus two playing games assuming the Cavs keep the seventh seed, which I hope they do. You get two. If you lose the first playing game, you get another playing game, two playing games at home. Imagine those atmospheres. I mean, I know we've been saying a lot that Cavs home games have been electric atmospheres and like playoff atmospheres, but imagine when it is a one game, literally a one game playoff. I, I, I don't know. I think that would be awesome, especially to be in attendance for that. Um, Man, I'd, there's just so many freaking what-ifs with this team. Injuries suck. We don't know when Jared Allen's going to be back. I know the reports have said that he'll be back for the playoffs. Who knows? Hopefully he's back in like a, within a week and a half. That way he can play that Sunday game against Milwaukee in the Red season finale and at least get his feet wet again. I don't know. It's just like – and then Evan Mobley, who knows how long he's going to miss. It's just, it's crazy to think of how far this team has come this year with so many freaking injuries and the injury luck. Here's to hoping that the injury luck that the Cavs have had this season, the law of averages catches up to them. And next season, when the ex- expectations are real, they get to have a full team for a year or at least close to a full team. You nailed it. We've been talking about that. It's like they cannot have, there's no, just no way they can have the same injury luck. Um, you know, next year that they've had this year, it's so improbable based on just how, <laughs> how, how whack they've gotten with the injury bug. So yeah, it's like we we've given up our souls this year for, <laughs> to the injury gods. They are not allowed to touch us next year. So I, yeah, I can't wait to see everyone play 82 games. There'll be the blowout. So like Garland will play like 27 minutes a night. It's going to be perfect. <laughs> and I know we talked about this last week too. How many injuries have the Cavs had? And I'm knocking on wood. The fact that Kevin Love has yet to be injured this season is not like incredible would be an understatement. Literally, I could name you like nine guys that have missed significant time this year, and Kevin Love is not one of those. And it's just 
how? What did Kevin Love do that the rest of the players, the rest of the Cavs didn't? Is I don't know. But I know you brought up the schedule. Uh, if if you guys are listening right now, um, the standings in the East. Miami, no, number one seed, although they've been struggling. They are two wins above Philadelphia and Milwaukee, but they're the same. They're two games ahead as well. So but Miami with the one seed, Philly, Milwaukee, Boston are all the game back. Chicago and Toronto are four and a half back. The, your Cavaliers are five and a half back. Brooklyn, eight and a half. Charlotte, nine. Atlanta, nine and a half. That looks like that's going to be the top 10. The, obviously, the stand, like teams can switch spots. But uh, the 11th seed New York Knicks are 14 back. So unless something crazy happens, the Knicks, there's no way they're making the playoffs. So, I mean, the Cavs are three ahead of Brooklyn with seven to go. So say the Cavs go three and four, which I hope they do. That would mean that Brooklyn would have to go six and one to tie them. And I don't know how that tiebreaker, I think the Cavs have that tiebreaker for some reason. I don't know. I'd have to look at it, but um, the Cavs are a game back of both Chicago and Toronto. The Cavs have the tiebreaker over Toronto. They do not have it over Chicago. If those three teams tie, I know the tiebreaker rules get really weird. They don't go by head-to-head anymore in a three-way tie. I forget what – it might be conference record. So they're technically tied – I guess you'd say they're tied with Toronto right now because they're game back, but they had the tiebreaker. No, that, that's a weird way to put it. But if they're tied with Toronto at season end, they had the tiebreaker, so they're technically ahead. If they're tied with the Bulls at season end, they don't have the tiebreaker, so they'd be behind. So yeah, this last seven games, I know JB has said it. They unfortunately, the Cavs unfortunately do not control their own destiny. They can't even if they win out. It doesn't mean that they're going to be a six seed because Toronto could win out and they would be the six seed. But I do know that the Bulls have a very tough schedule the rest of the way. I know third tomorrow night Thursday they play the Clippers, who just so happened to get Paul George back tonight. So that is great news for us Cavs fans. And yeah, I mean it's been ugly, especially with Evan Mobley going down too. But the Cavs are right in this thing. Hopefully they can somehow. I I feel like they're gonna make. I feel like they're gonna make the play in. Unfortunately, I know. But if you were told five months, if you were told us five months ago that the Cavs are making the play in, I would have taken that in a heartbeat. Yeah, are you the same way? Do you have the same feelings, Seth? Yeah. So. I'll be honest. I, I had I'd have a hard time picking them to win more than two games over the next seven. Just like they're they're going into the most important like stretch of the season. Uh, they're going into the most important battle of the season with like no soldiers. Uh, you know, it just it is what it is at this point. I'm not I'm not going to get too carried away on what they do over the next seven. I think playing is is where they're going to roll in. Um, I don't know how they're going to defend folks, keep people out of the paint. And so, yeah, I think it's playing and, and just hopefully Allen and Mobley um, are, are good enough to give it a go in the play play in tournament. It's you and I were looking at it and unfortunately there's not a lot of time. Like as soon as the regular season ends, they throw that play in together the next day, basically. So there's not a lot of time for them to get right. But you know, if, if Allen and Mobley are both healthy for the play in, I don't hate their chances against whomever it is, even Brooklyn, like, like you said, they beat them before. And so just, just give you an Allen and Mobley pairing uh, defensively and, and let's roll. Uh, that, that would, that would be huge if we can just see those two together uh, protecting the paint. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, and I just had a thought when you were talking, 
that I was uh, agree with it and then continue with it. Now I completely forget what it is. Shoot. What were you saying to start off your talking point? Maybe it'll come back to me. Um, you probably forget now too. <laughs> oh, oh, just Shoot. in regards to like, I, I'm not going to favor them in more than two games over the next seven. I'm not expecting, I'm not expecting better than two and five to be honest over the next yeah. seven. Oh, oh, but you're talking about uh, all right. So the regular season finale is Sunday. We don't know uh, a week from Sunday. My bad. So twelve days from now against the Bucks. We don't have a time yet. I'm assuming if there's something on the line, which it might be for the Cavs and or the Bucks, that that will probably be be a prime time spot. And fan appreciation um, night, which is like the best night to go to a Cavs game. Yeah, if no true. one's been there, it's awesome. True. Although the the last few years, though, it's been like, wow, the Cavs season's over. Now it might be like that might not be the last the last Redwood season of home game. So it will be fan appreciation night, but hopefully that's not the last home game of the season. But um, Redwood season finale is Sunday, 12 days from now. The playing starts Tuesday, and the playing games are Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Obviously, Tuesday and Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday will be one of the conferences. Wednesday and Friday will be the other conference. And then the playoffs start Saturday. So, yeah, two weeks from now, the play-in starts. So if Evan Mobley's out two weeks, I hope he's only out two weeks. He'll be back for the play-in, I hope. Um, Jared Allen will hopefully be back. I don't even care if they literally sit out the next two weeks. If they're back for the play-in, I don't care if they're rusty or how rusty they are. Just give me Jared Allen and Evan Mobley back for the play-in, assuming the Cavs make the play-in and not the playoffs. Man, that yeah, it, there's just no they that the Mobley. All right, I I don't want to like necessarily end on a bad note, but man, that Mobley injury was gutting, and I think that was a I think that was a quote that that Fedor put out was someone in the Cavs just said gutting because there's so little time for him to get right. But man, I, I'll focus on the positive. If he can get back, if Allen can get back, I, I would love to see two home games with both of those guys. Uh, man, that, that's going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. And yeah, I just, just hope he can get right because there's, they're just such a different team. It's obvious to say the rookie of the year, he's one of the best defenders in the entire league already um, at the young age he is. And just hope he can get back, man. To think positive, if they come back for the Tuesday, Wednesday playing, they will be well rested. <laughs> right. And it's not like two. Right. And it's not like both Jared Allen, Jared Allen, and Evan Mobley are like two big time outside shooters. Well, they'll be rusty. I mean, they'll be well rested, rusty, but who cares? They shoot the ball within ten feet most of the time. So, thinking positive, glass half full, which That's usually right. is not me. Usually, I'm glass half empty over here. As a Browns fan, it's taught me. It's a way of life now. Um, but yeah. Evan Mobley and Jared Allen will be well rested. Jared Allen, I know, is staying in shape um, because he only had a broken finger, so it's not like he can't run. But yeah, just give me. I wanted the Cavs to just make the playoffs and miss the play-in, but just thinking about two play-in potential play-in games, both of which could be at home, sounds pretty damn entertaining, especially if Jared Allen and Evan Mobley are suited up. I'll tell you what, man those those might be downtown nights. I don't care if they're on Fridays, Tuesdays. Sundays, those give might be down nights. Give me yeah. Wednesday and Friday NBA. Give me Wednesday and Friday, please. Yes, let's roll. That that could has potential to be very fun. So I actually I need to put that in the calendar. I'm putting that in the calendar right now because I that needs to be scheduled off. That's going to be a hell of a time downtown. Yeah, I'm trying to think that Friday would be Cavs schedule. That Friday, how about this? So if the Cavs are in the plan. And they play that Wednesday, Friday, and not Tuesday, Thursday. That Friday is Good Friday, and that Friday—how many times can I say Friday? And 
30 seconds is also the in, oh my bad uh guardians home opener oh boy oh boy the double duo that could be the a really good duo. day <laughs> and i'm pretty sure the guardians home opener is at seven o'clock so that should be like a 7 p.m first pitch and i'm assuming 7 30 yeah it would be 7 30 or 8 o'clock tip off for the Cavs. Wow. Yeah, that is a Friday. That is a downtown Friday. If that happened, if it's Wednesday, Friday, and it's that Friday, that is downtown. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I'll go to either game, but hey, find me at a local establishment. We'll be there. <laughs> exactly. Man, now, now I'm even more excited. Home opener, playing game on a Friday night. Give it to me, please. Screw screw the playoffs. Just give me a play in on the second game Friday night. Hey, <laughs> expectations. We're we're holding steady. Playing is yeah. Let's now. I'm just excited about being social and going to the game. So we just need good weather, and we'll be we'll be rocking. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Although it's the home opener, so it'll probably be be like 25 degrees and five inches of snow on the ground. But Seth and I have gone from saying before the podcast that we would not go an hour, and now this is our long, longest podcast yet at an hour and 15 minutes. Unbelievable. How do we do this to ourselves every time? I literally said I wasn't going to talk for an hour because I'm so down about this Cavs team. Any final thoughts before we get going here? Hour and 15 minutes. I was the most depressed and sad about the Cavaliers I've been all season. I think at this point we could do like a three-hour radio show. So, you know, any offers, hit us up. DM us. 92.3, I know you're looking for someone to replace Adam the Bull. Just put me and Seth in there, please. (laughs) No big deal. So any, but no final thoughts besides just getting a full time job out of this, which would be outstanding. Uh, no, other than uh, micro and I, I tweeted it, micro and macro, like micro, we're battling through. We don't really necessarily have the soldiers right now. Macro is so so sweet, and like Josh, I'm so excited, man. Like whatever happens, like play in, play off, whatever. Like I'm jazzed up to start thinking about next season. So I'm gonna hold all that stuff, but just know I am very very talk. excited. I'm very yes. I'm very very excited. Do you know what I'm? I went from like not wanting to be in the plan. I am a huge. I want the Cavs to be in the plan Wednesday, Friday. Lose the first playing game to the Brooklyn Nets and play that Friday right now. Give it to me. Home opener. Cavs win or go home. Literally second game of a play in, both in Cleveland. Give it to me, please. Rocket Mortgage would be bumping. That's going to be electric. It would, yeah. And it's crazy to think that that's literally. Uh, the play this NBA season has like taken looking back at this NBA season, it seems like Callan Sexton got injured years ago, but then other parts of the season, it seems like it has absolutely flown by. Maybe it's because this Cavs season is actually fun for the most part until these injuries. It was really fun to start off with. I know Cavs TV ratings were off the hook, but now that we're almost going on an hour and 20 minutes somehow tonight. For those of you that joined us live, we appreciate it. For some reason, we did not go live on Facebook. I'm going to try to figure that out. So we didn't get any Facebook comments, YouTube. We had no comments. Wow. I feel very less loved than I did an hour and 20 minutes ago. People are a little bummed out. I, th- I think that, that's what that means. People are a little sad right now, but that's all right. We'll, we'll pick them up. We'll pick them up. Maybe it was the fact that I went with a Marshawn Lynch. Maybe it's the fact that I quoted Marshawn Lynch to start things off. That was like started from the bottom and we're still there. That's right. We did get fined. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the fine, considering we make $0, we got fined for zero, so we didn't make any money. But for those of you that join us live, we appreciate it. Please, always, if you join us live, leave a comment. We'll try to future it. 
just leave a comment. Just let us know that we're loved here, okay? Um, for those of you that listen to the podcast form of this, wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, YouTube, I know YouTube, the videos live up there. Um, Spotify, there's literally like a million podcast platforms now. So if you listen to our podcast, we really appreciate you. Hopefully we'll be back. I don't know. Actually, I'll look at the cast schedule quick. They play Sunday, Tuesday, Friday next week. So we will be back with you probably mon- Monday or Wednesday of next week, most likely. Hopefully a little bit more positive news on the court. Hopefully some wins to discuss. And yeah, thank you always for joining us. Seth and I really appreciate it. We'll try to be as positive as possible while looking at the micro, while also being super, super positive and excited about the long-term future of this team, even though injuries suck. And as always, go Cavs. Beat Dallas. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on.